good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are near or far high or low you're listening to the coach steve podcast and listeners i'm in the studio with me today is a very special guest and we only have to do it the right way because we are dealing with athletes of a very high caliber so let's just set the scene for this player right here listeners i'm very very grateful stepping on the court at six foot three by way of oklahoma he was named to the first team all-american conference in 2012 stroke 2013 was a conference usa all freshman team 2013 and 14 a n a b c or district 11 second team c usa championship mvp during his time at tulsa he led them scoring in 53 times and rebounding 41 times he is a former north macedonia league champion 2019 and now playing professional basketball in the greek basketball league listeners give a warm welcome to james juice Woodward. <laughs> man appreciate you having me that was that was quite an introduction man <laughs> <laughs> of course of course we we have to do it the right way but before we even get started james talk to me i mean right now how's your physical and your mental Oh, my physical is good, man. You know, in mid-season, uh, you should be in a, you know, fine-tuned place on your body mentally. You know, right. again, mid-season, but it's just, uh, you know, the, the fever break is coming up, so that's going to be huge for, you know, all all overseas players to kind of regroup and kind of get back refocused. Right right and oh man i think your your journey to me is so fascinating because i mean here in london even though we do hear about the nba we hear a lot even more about you know fever and europe because they're they're pretty much our next door neighbors just in terms of when you look at professional teams and leagues that's the closest thing to us compared to the nba so i'm i'm very um intrigued um as we go on later in the pod just to get your take on you know how you found the fever side of basketball but before we get into that i mean you know before we speak about the player that you are today you know could you kind of just take us back to a very young james who maybe wasn't as athletic you know who who wasn't as fine-tuned as he is now but kind of just talk about your very first time being introduced to basketball and the very first time you had a basketball in your hands oh man uh <laughs> man i've been playing for a long time I, uh my dad like my family all my families is are athletes they play basketball and other sports uh, but my dad was a he was a basketball coach and uh so he introduced me to the game real early real young I've always went to the gym with them, you know. So I started playing organized ball when I was probably like five. And ever since then, I just fell in love with the game and wanted to improve all the time. So, but growing up, man, I was slow. 
was, <laughs> I was slow. I was lanky, skinny. I, right. I was so skinny, man. And, uh, you know, but I could shoot, man. My dad always, he taught me how to shoot, but I, I could shoot. I couldn't dribble. Right. But, you know, I was so I was just like a slow shooter. And then, uh, man, I would say in like eighth grade, I hit a growth spurt and it hit me hard. Like, I got tall, I got taller, but I was still skinny and I was right. still even slower. Right. Because I just couldn't get control of my body. Then I get to high school and uh, I get to high school and then, um, you know, that's when I started getting my body. I started getting more athletic and a little faster. But I could always still shoot. That was the one thing that I pride myself on was just shooting and nice. always improving that. Nice. I was, me and my brother would go outside and play basketball every day. We'd go to school, play basketball, come home, play basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, after we did our homework, but right, right. You know. Oh, so man. yeah. So just in in terms of like what, how would you describe? growing up you know what what type of coach was your dad in terms of was he very hands-on did he kind of um allow you to develop as you went along or like did you kind of have to follow quite a strict routine growing up no it wasn't a strict routine see the you know now that i realize i mean just the way my dad raised me uh just even as in life, he says if you if you do something, you give a hundred percent. Like, right. don't don't half-ass it. Don't you know? Don't take it for granted. Like, do it hundred percent. Do it with your full ability. And so, once I fell in love with the game, it was just no question about my uh, my effort, my determination to get better. So, right, right. you know, he was very patient with me and my brother. Uh, he he was just on us like he just held us accountable to a certain standard of playing the game the right way and you know knowing all aspects of the game right even knowing like in my family I'm one of the I'm the tallest in my family so and I was always one of the tallest on my team so I had to play I had to learn to play the big mm-hmm. and also learn how to play outside so yeah. you know he was real he was real patient with me and not strict, but you know, he just held me accountable to know all positions because that's what great players do. And, you know, he, he was always behind me, support me, but also pushing me at the same time. Right, right. And just in terms of, I think it's very interesting with you because one, you being left-handed already gives you the advantage because most players, I think, in, in, in terms of defensively, they're used to forcing someone to their weaker hand. But for yourself, your left hand is your strongest hand, you know, so that, that must be quite an adjustment for them. But also, could you kind of just talk about, like you said, in the eighth grade, you hit a huge growth spurt. Like, what was that like? Because it's, it's funny, because it's only kind of just now that I've kind of thought, I mean, 
unfortunately for me, James, I'm 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 six foot on a good day, you know. But um, I'm 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 a, I'm like last time I measured myself, I'm a solid five ten. Um, if I'm wearing some Air Forces, then I'm a solid six foot. But you know, I I I I, I pretty much reach my growth spurt around 15, 16. But for yourself, you know, like kind of reaching that growth spurt, what did you kind of have to? adjust to because obviously the taller you are you, you it, it's like being in a new body you know like just in terms of walking and playing a sport that is kind of really testing how quick and fast you can move under control so you know what was that transition like for you growing up oh man like i just didn't have no idea because my dad my dad is 5'10 and then my mm-hmm. mom she's 5'2 5'3 on a good day like you said okay, right so <laughs> and so when this growth spurt happened it was like like what is going on like my knees right. <laughs> hurt so bad my knees were hurting so bad i remember trying to go outside and you know play you know shoot some shoot some hoops Mm-hmm. And I had stepped in like a hole and I just fell out. Like it was so much pain in my knees. I just oh, turned around, man. walked right back inside, and I was just like, I just can't. And so right. that growth spurt happened. It's like you're just clumsy. Like you just have no control. You just got to wait it out and then try to do stuff, you know, gradually. But man, it was, it was a shock, man. It was just I like. Bet. I can't do it. I can't do, do anything. I feel stupid. And, right. You know, so, I mean, it was just really fast. Like, I, I think I was about, I was like my dad's height at that time. I was about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, right. And then I was in eighth grade. Then going to freshman year, I was like 6'1". And, yeah, it was crazy, man. And they and they wasn't really. I mean, they was happy, but then at the same time, they got Bobby new shoes, good my feet were wrong. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> so oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, just in 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 terms of growing up in OKC, because I think the closest association I can make with OKC is obviously the Oklahoma Thunder, and just the crowd, the energy. I I kind of get that impression that they're quite a big sports team but in terms of you growing up there you know what was some like how would you describe the OKC culture and just you know some of the stuff that you was exposed to from a young age oh man like the fans is great I mean I think most people in the states would consider us a football state because of yeah I associated like OU Sooners football and Oklahoma State, uh, you know, the Big 12. But also the basketball is coming up. Uh, The basketball is starting to take over because uh, we had some great talent coming out of Oklahoma City, man. Right, big time, big time. Yeah, big, uh, you know, just going from like Blake Griffin yeah. Uh, Xavier Henry and mm-hmm. people like that. Epe Udo is is a lot of great coming out of Oklahoma. So, right. Uh, but with basketball and the the, the the fans, you know, they they show love to the to the sports. Right. Right. So then it's always that... crazy. Just like you get at the OKC Thunder, like Loud City, like yeah. 
you know, we ain't never had nothing like that. So when they came, you know, they just they just full on supported it. Right, right, and that that's the one thing that I love because I mean, oh man, it's it's such an adjustment now to just watch basketball without as many fans as there was before because of the pandemic and what's going on. But the one thing I loved about OKC was the fact that they would stand up for the team and they're not sitting down until that first bucket is going in that's what okay yeah. we can sit down we can relax i love that energy so did that kind of make you a thunder fan just by default or did you kind of find yourself drifting towards other teams nah that was uh uh yeah that's that that was the one thing that's great about Oklahoma City, man, like they they really holding that to us. They really are gonna fully support you, and right. yeah, like it's I can't like we never had a team in any sport at a professional level that high of a professional level, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. And so to, to to play for them, man, is everything. Right. Right. Now, I mean, looking at your high school career and just looking at some of the points you was averaging at Edmund Memorial High School, averaging 16.4 points as a senior, uh, I'm going to keep it a buck. Uh, I mean, I wasn't scoring nowhere near them points in when um, I was playing high school. It may have been a cute little 9, 10 points. So just, just looking at what you was averaging in high school and even leading your team to a 26 and 2 record that season you know what do you remember most about that season that season oh man just wow that season i remember most is where we lost by one in the championship oh. that will forever yeah that one stick me. hard man <laughs> oh man like it, it's still to this day like it just, <laughs> just to think about it because that would have been my second ring wow that would have been the second championship you know and uh yeah it was, it was very tough uh, oh gosh but man that was, that was it was a memorable memorable season though like 26 and 2 and That's strong uh one but i mean i think the one thing that stands out to me is is and i'm sure you can speak to this more you know when i look at that 26 and 2 i'm not just you know looking at you know the times when things was going well um because i'm sure you know those two games that you guys lost you guys was you know tested so what's what's what would you say was special about that team about the coach you know just about the mindset of those players and even yourself at the time that was able to achieve that type of record oh man that it's uh man we was just all together we was we, we were bought in mm-hmm. to you know coaching system and then coming up from freshman all the way to senior, you know, we, we knew what we had to do. And then I think that year was our coach always had uh he always had like a, a word that we would start with in the preseason okay. and we'll have to 
we'll have to stand by that word. And I think that season it was accountability. And mm, I like it. And so yeah, yeah. So he preached on that the entire season, and you know, so we just held each other accountable, and we just took it very seriously, man. And we bought into everything, scouting, practices. We would push each other and practice like crazy, man. Like, uh, yeah, he he and our coach would set it up to where you know every practice was some type of. Co- competition and some type of competitiveness to you know make sure everybody you know was on the same page everybody was focused mm-hmm. we didn't have we didn't have no lazy guys right, so, right. you know it, was, it, it made it fun too so we was having fun that's all that was right right see and that's that's you know having you know quite a few guests on the podcast you really start to understand well for me personally just you know why the states is so focused and in in some ways ahead of the competition because you know here in london you're not really gonna get that type of competitive basketball but also the mindset and just building a culture unless you're in a college or a high school that specializes in basketball you know because me coming up in high school we literally had to find football players and turn them into basketball players just on that day because we had a game you know so like they're they're not really understanding what's going on or anything about screens or passing cut and you know just just hearing what the lifestyle is in, in the states and that you know a lot of these kids growing up are playing competitive basketball not only that but they have the mindset and you know they're traveling with the AA team so they're they're already kind of putting that player pathway so when they get into college and even the pros they they it's not they're kind of built for it if that makes sense you know yeah 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 i i agree man it's like um and then i would say one of my teammates one of my he's still one of my closest friends jordan thomas man and he pushed me every day. He had no plans of playing after high school, nothing okay. like that. But he was just a he was just a competitor. Then right. he will always be like, even before practice, he'd be like, uh, "I'm gonna lock you up today" and stuff like that. <laughs> I like, love that right. talk. I love that yeah, talk. I'm Bet. like, all right, we like, he, he just you know he just talking to me during like throughout the school day and through right. practice and. Like, but it was always like friendly. Like it was all fun the game. But once we got on the court, like it, yeah, we was business. going at each other. <laughs> yeah, That's we go at each other, and you know, so it was it was it was cool, man. Like it was stuff like that that just kept us going, kept us staying sharp, and you know, going and finishing the job on the court during mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean. I, I I strongly believe that you know not just in basketball, just in in sports in general, that every player has that moment, or if they're really nice, a couple of moments where you know they knew it was like from that moment on, like I'm nice at basketball. So I'm very curious, when was that moment for you? Like, was it a step back? Was it a block? Was it a dunk? Like, when was that moment? that you knew that okay like like basketball is for me oh man <laughs> hey 
That's a good, that's a good <laughs> question, man. That's a good question. Uh, man, I think it would be at, like, it was when I was younger, when I was, I think in, like, middle school, man, like, okay, I was still slower. I was still slow and stuff, but the way I was shooting, like, nobody could, like, I was, Nice. I couldn't miss. I right. couldn't miss. So I was like, man, we used to play like every day at lunch in, in middle school, mm-hmm. and people. It was a point where like dudes knew like if I get this shot off, like it's going in. And I think that's when I knew. I was like, okay, I got it. Wow. And then, and then school. as I, yeah, and then as I got in the high school. And when I got my hand, I would work and start working on my hands because I knew that was my, that was one of my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I had got my first end game dunk, and I was like, okay, "Oh, nah. yeah, I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, done deal." <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's over now. Oh wow! What was it? Was it? Was it like a clean flush? Was it like off two oh, feet? Yeah, Did you yeah. cock it back? <laughs> No, this was this was crazy. I didn't even know I was gonna do this. It was my oh, sophomore wow. year. I mean, I I was dunking like my freshman year, but I never dunked in the game. Okay. But the sophomore year, I had caught it like at the elbow, and I just took one dribble. Yes. And then I went off one foot, and then two hands, and like just kind of hung on the rim too. It was crazy. You see, this is a. This is a bit of a uh, selfish question, but what does it feel like to dunk? Because I've grabbed the rim maybe a couple <laughs> times, right? And I can't lie, I felt amazing. I felt like, okay, let's get it. But palming the ball is 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 a whole nother thing. But then just being up in the air and just the dunk, like, does it does it look better than it feels, or or <laughs> or does the look and feel match up quite nice? Nah, the look and feel. Oh, when you first when you first dunk, just mm. to dunk, just to get up there and get that close, and and you put it in, like right, it's crazy. Like I when I got that first dunk, I didn't even know what happened. Like, I didn't even realize <laughs> I did it. Like I was so in shock that I didn't even realize I did it. And I mean, the feeling's amazing, but once you get down, get used to it, it's like right. man. You got it. It's like, yeah, man. Just to have that, that. Yeah, I can't explain it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, I mean, you you had quite the run from 2012 to 2016 at Tulsa. And, you know, just before we get into your career playing for Tulsa, you know, like every kid, you know, in the States has a huge decision to make in, in terms of what program do I fully want to commit to you know and what was it about Tulsa that kind of caught your attention and that made you want to buy in to their system and uh, a culture over there and like so my journey to get to Tulsa was kind of crazy I only had a few offers though I mean like D1 offers uh, I would say my choice between it was between Tulsa Oklahoma State and probably Creighton 
And so, okay. yes. And so my mom was like, I was really leaning towards. It was always Tulsa was up there, but my mom she made me like write down, or she made me like a checklist. Okay. And she told me to go through the checklist Organize. and, and see. It. Yeah, she. That's how she is, man. That's right. how she is. I'm glad too. So Indeed. she told me go through this and see, you know, which ones you know, point your direction. So I went through it and it was Tulsa. Like the education, uh, the campus, like the, the feeling I had on the on my visit. Uh, you know, the coaches, the players, everything. So, I mean, I had a good time on my visit. Mm-hmm. And so once I went through that and I was like, man, all right. And so we had did like a unofficial visit again. I went up there and like, my parents didn't even know, but I just told the coach right on the spot. I was like, I want to come here. I want to okay. play for you. Uh, and that and that was that was it. So I had committed. I had signed my letter in ten during senior season of high school. Then we played the championship game in Tulsa, the state championship game in high school in Tulsa, and we lost by one or whatever. The next day. The next day, the coach gets fired. <laughs> and so, oh, man. So, yeah. And so I had to, like, and see what they was going to do or who they was going to hire or I had to open my recruitment back up. Right. And so, luckily, Danny Manning gets hired and he comes to my house and he's like, you know, I want you to stay and play for me and all that. And it was a done deal. Oh, and he was like, he told me, you know, or I think I asked him about like starting or something. Okay. Or who was going to, you know, what was going to be like. And he's like, man, if you work for it, you can have it. And I was like, cool. Go. And I love, I love that answer actually. Like, right. That's what I wanted to hear. Testing the character as well. I love it. Yeah. So that's oh, how I ended man. up at Tulsa, man. I just stayed. See now, now I think college basketball is is a whole nother thing, you know. Because I mean, just from hearing from guests in the past, you know, you you kind of learn that you know when you make that transition from high school to college, it's it's not a hobby. Playing basketball now becomes a lifestyle, you know, just in in terms of what you do off the court as well as on the court. You know, you got so many young kids that are looking up to you and you're representing the school in itself you know and and i mean not even to mention as well just the level you know of a competition is so much more higher so for yourself i want to start off with you know how was that transition from hooping in high school to now making that transition to college Man, like it was stressful, man. I <laughs> I hated I hated the recruiting process because wow. like the type of personality I am, I'm real chill and like I don't really say much to people. And then I hate talking on like I don't like talking on the phone. And so right. during that process, like I'm getting calls and texts every day, and it's just like man, I'm just I was really getting tired of it. And right. <laughs> I was like, man, I need to make a decision now. And I mean, but 
it, it, I mean, it's a great experience though to mm-hmm. you know know you want it, but at the same time, you're trying to figure yourself out and figure yourself out as a player and right. actually know what you can bring to a team. And uh, so yeah, man, it was it was it was a lot to take in, but I had a I had a great fit with them and great you know chemistry. With with Tulsa and just not only basketball like just the school I think was was, was a great move for me, right. um, but yeah man and you know Danny Manning gave me the opportunity, uh, you know that to play like he just I wasn't I wasn't talking about I didn't ask him if I was about starting I was asking about playing because you know right. the, the, the stigma of freshman playing right. is slim to none Indeed. and so. He he just straight up said, if "You man, if you work hard enough, then you you're gonna play." And so that's what I wanted to hear because I knew my worst ethic, worst ethic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, was was there. Like that's what I do. So man, he gave me that opportunity. So I was really happy about it. Do the um seeing because I know in the NBA when you're a rookie they they treat you like a rookie in terms of you gotta do chores or just random stuff you know just to kind of it's, it's kind of like a initiation is it is it the same in college like like do like some of the sophomores and stuff kind of like test you to to see if it if, if you're cut from this if you're cut from the same cloth as them or or it's it's not really like that in college Oh yeah, for sure. Oh wow! <laughs> sure. Okay. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Man, they wait. put you through it. Man, you gotta wait your turn, man. You gotta, you gotta know what it's like, the work. So I mean, yeah, man. Like this was little stuff. It wasn't nothing major, but it'd be little stuff. Like we're going on trips. You know, freshmen gotta gotta pack the bags. You gotta put the bags on the bus. You gotta standard, man. Yeah, man. Like, if it's time to eat, you got you got wait in the back. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> like that? Okay. Yeah, man. Wow. Like, I mean, Try to sneak to the I front, mean, man. Get like, your ass back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Hey, yeah, get back. So, I was definitely happy after the after the freshman year. But I, what, what my class was what was unique was that it was it was like six seven there were seven freshmen so okay <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't by itself then <laughs> yeah we was half it was half the team so it wasn't really nothing like that but yeah it's, it's, it's like that in college though right right man so i mean if what would you give tips you know just to some of the players who are about to make that transition from you know high school to college you know and what to expect you know and and even kind of reflecting on some some of the things that you didn't even know about college basketball you know what would you say are some of the things that they kind of need to be made aware of and just be prepared for uh my advice would be just to first off know yourself know what type of player you are and and just know that you're going to be tested. And right. if you if you stay mentally strong and you and you're determined 
you know, to be greater, then you just got to stay the course. Like, it's going to be ups and downs. That was the main thing about my freshman year. A lot of, a lot of ups and downs. It's a, it's a thing they call, like, you know, the freshman hitting the wall, like, during okay. the season. I definitely hit that wall. Like, you, you'll be, <laughs> you know, once you, once you establish, you get through preseason stuff, and mm-hmm. you get playing, and then you get a rhythm, and then, like, the, and then when you hit, like, conference play, the seriousness of the game just, right. it goes even higher. And you just got to know how to handle that. Mm-hmm. And just take every day as a grain of salt, man. And you just got to overcome it and just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep working. Right. And so I had a lot of support behind me, like with my family and, and you know, my teammates, you know, you just had to keep pushing because, you know, you're just going to get better. Whatever happens, you're going to get better if you keep going, if you stay. But if you, if you don't do nothing or you stop working then obviously you're not going to get better so right. just to stay the course man that's that's pretty much it because every everything is a lesson you have to take it as a lesson very true very true and oh man just again like because you know it's um it it seems to be a trend that you know and i um sometimes i come across some place who go oh coach i work hard you know i work hard you know i work on my threes but when i've seen you in training you're missing a bunch of them you know or like just the what you're saying doesn't always match up to your action so you know you competing at the highest level which we're gonna speak about shortly just in in terms of your time at tulsa you know being around that group you know what does you know competing look like on a day-to-day basis in college, right? Or yeah, yeah. College, competing. Oh man, they just, yeah, man. Like, so you know, it, it was every day. Every day was competing, man. Don't mm-hmm. no, it didn't matter. Didn't matter, you know, when the game was or nothing. Like, cause Danny Manning, he understood the situation. He got seven freshmen, so he had to be hard on us, and right. in order to, cause. Cause we have to, like, we had to play. Cause this, mm-hmm. this is all we got, and the only way we was gonna get better, the only way we was gonna get experience was to to play and then make practices as much as a game situation, or even harder than a game situation. Right. right. So, you know, he put us in those situations to to better us and to compete and show us how things are gonna be. I even remember it was one practice. Uh, he had some dudes come in, some grown, experienced players come in Uh-oh. and just scrimmage us. Oh man! Yeah, and they they didn't they didn't practice together or nothing, but they knew the game. Wow! And they killed us, man. They killed <laughs> us like. <laughs> They killed us, man, and they, oh they didn't know, gosh. you know, just just from them knowing the game and 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 like, man, like they really just they put it on us, but that was a learning experience from us to know that you know it. Uh, this is what you're going to be going up against, so we, we had to figure a way. And then uh, to your point of 
to your point of like you know kids saying you know I'll shoot threes every game every day, and then they come in and, and they missing during you know competition. Right. And my thing is with kids nowadays, like the training and stuff is like it's cool to train one on one, but I think kids should just play as much as possible because in game yes. like play against somebody because you know cones don't move but very true you don't have defenders you gotta know speed and situations so right that's my thing no it's it's very true because i mean even just looking at some of the players now and it's definitely something that i'm um adjusting to more of as a coach you know just in terms of kind of using less cones and um i think in the past um to be truthful i was very guilty of focusing more on the fundamental aspect in terms of you know shooting technique passing driven which is important when you're developing a player but at the same time you need to incorporate the competitive aspect of it and get them to work on their decision making you know because even yeah i mean I've, i've 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 watched so much college basketball during this pandemic it's it's just insane like and even at that level you see um in some cases teams in other cases players who as soon as the defense puts in a two three zone they're they're kind of baffled and they're kind of stumped like okay this is something new like how do we attack it and they don't really know how to get to the spots or move the ball or still take ad- advantage so you know it's it's definitely important just to teach the decision making aspect of it as well you know so that was a very valid point very very valid point i mean as especially you playing pro you know like i mean just just in terms of that i mean before we even get to you playing pro um overseas like you know how did that come about and did you know much about you know what the FIBA competition was like man to be honest I had no idea (laughs) I had had no idea that's understandable yeah I had no idea I mean I just because of even the people like my teammates around my teammates and stuff like uh, we was all the same age pretty much and so I didn't know anybody that was playing overseas Mm-hmm. Like, like I didn't know him personally like that. Um, and yeah, I just didn't. I didn't know how it worked over here. I didn't know the style of play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always hear about it, but I just never looked into it like that. You just always, you know, you just look at the NBA. Right, right. That's pretty much it. But, but yeah, man, and and so once that time was coming. Of what I wanted to do, and I mean, I wanted to play pro, so right. you know, I tried the NBA. I did a couple workouts and stuff like that. Didn't work out, and so you know, overseas, you know, some NBA scouts was always they always said that I will, I'm a better fit overseas and stuff like that, which just okay fueled the fire in me I was so motivated to just right. <laughs> go over and kill man when they said that but yeah so that's how I jumped in the scene and you know my I got an agent and nice. you know he 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 plugged me in I then I went to France my first year 
And then that was that. But that transition though was uh man, it was an eye opener. Like it was a culture shock, man. Right. (laughs) Culture shock. I didn't know what to do. Man, oh man. Cause it's I and again, you know, like I said in the beginning, because you know the UK is in, you know, where we're kind of a part of like European teams are, are next door neighbors. So I mean even when we kind of follow England basketball you you can't really mention england basketball without fever because you know that's the league that we compete in but over in the states do you hear much about um international basketball or does that conversation only come up when it's during the olympics man i would you know back then before i knew it was always around the olympics that's the only time thing i knew about it but then like you know, as I got older and that time was coming for me to go overseas and the people I was around, you know, a couple of them was going overseas. So I started to know more and more about it. Mm-hmm. And even each year that I was over here, you know, I was still learning more about it. Right. Uh, the, you know, uh, the different leagues like Euro League, Euro Cup. Yeah. Bad Champions League. League I didn't yes. know about that until my second year. So, wow. Yeah. So it was just uh, you just didn't know. It's so much basketball over here in the in the culture. It runs deep, and then the way they play over here is 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 good. It's great. It's a great basketball. And was that, you see was that a bit of a mind trip? Because considering that basketball is so universal like you're thinking because i don't know if if i was in if i was in your shoes i'll be thinking well i'm playing basketball so surely even though i'm playing it in a in a different country surely it must look and feel the same right but in some cases even though they're playing basketball how they're playing it is is just completely different so what was those first a couple of years like for you just in in terms of what you're initial impressions of you know European basketball at that level and you know how did you kind of um, adjust your own playing style to fit in the best way that, that you could man see yeah it's like you, you you would think that it's just you know it's basketball like you, right. can, just, you, you can play you just go out there and play right you know how the exactly. game goes but man like when I got over here I'm like wow like this is this is a different level like this is this is really like professional ball because right uh man like everything you do the same i would say this at every level you do pretty much the same thing like the drills you know the 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 defenses some offenses it's all the same but right what separates them is the the intensity and the the sharpness of it this is it it's next level like that determines what level of basketball it is and right when I got when I first came over here I'm just like man you got you got dudes you got 40 year olds hey talk about it now come on <laughs> you got 40 year olds that are that, that could that's out there just hooping man mm-hmm. like like they 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 it's crazy, man. The IQ, the physicality, 
you don't have to be and that was the one thing with me that shocked me the most like you don't have to be athletic you yes, just gotta man. you just gotta know the game and man like them dudes like dudes over here just know the game and they, and no wonder they still playing mm-hmm. and cause they'll put you you know they're, they're smart enough to get to their spots they're smart enough to set you know other players up and you know use use their attributes how they're supposed to be like it, it was really like mind boggling like I, it was an eye opener for me right and and I had to adjust myself as well because uh man like defensively like teams started keying you know the, the scouting is, is uh-huh. more detailed and yep. everything man is just attention to detail and so I had to figure those things out and took me a little bit but then once I got it I got it and right it was it was just going up from there right right and it's it's so crazy because I can just hear the athlete listening to this right now saying well well hold up if I'm athletic you know and I'm playing pro overseas surely that should be more than enough right so you know how would you combat that argument <laughs> no nah, man that is it's not enough man it's, just, it's not the NBA because it's not the NBA over here because it's not the NBA you got people in the lane mm-hmm. just do things and take everything away because it's not like the NBA you got right. people in the plane they mm-hmm. they they being more physical so you can't use your athleticism they're gonna right. bump you to slow you down I mean they're gonna force you a certain way so yeah man like like man the, I think the game I think Rip Hamilton had said this before like the game is played from the shoulders and up like, uh huh yes sir <laughs> I love that quote man I love that quote. I love it's that so quote. It's so true. That, that that quote was so true to me, man. Because I'm like, man, you really got to know. You got to really know the game. Like, right. the decision making has to be sharp, man. This is it. Because they will, because the mistakes, they will capitalize on them. Indeed. Indeed. It's, it's, it's so crazy because uh, I had um, shot to Shaq. Uh, McKissick um, playing pro over in um, Greece he said you know sometimes his coach would say you know what guys we played a good game but the opponent came in and straight up IQ whipped us you know <laughs> like they just X's and O's they just pretty much came and did their thing you know and and that's just the I mean that's just how it is out there you know and and I don't know like from a from you know having played basketball in the states and you know now playing pro in europe in greece you know uh, how would you describe you know from what you've seen just in terms of playing style iq decision making defensive schemes offense um offensive schemes how are both parties the same but also how are both parties different at the same time Man, I was just, I mean, from my experience, like every country has different styles. Right. Uh, you know, like you'll be in a country where it's just 
fast-paced running gun. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be in countries that are just half-court slow and, you know, they're going to slice and dice you until right. they get a bucket. And, right. and you have countries with defenses that are real gimmicky where they're just, you know, a matchup zone mm-hmm. or... You know, sometimes, you know, you can still see a boxing one every yep. blue moon. Very so, true. <laughs> I mean, you know, but they're, they're doing those things just to win. Like, that's how, that's how serious winning is over here. And right. it just shows you how, how broad your IQ has to be to, right. to know these situations and know how to play against them. Um, but then again, it's good for your own experience so you can become a better player and keep improving mm-hmm. on yourself and on your craft. So, right. uh, man, but the thing about what what I'm starting to catch on is that the situations actually are all the same. But Very true. Just different, man, like just just different small small details and that's right. it right right it's so true so true now I, I have to ask this question you know uh, um, how did you develop the name like was it given to you or did you name yourself because I mean if I'm watching you play I'll be like oh man James got that juice can't know what he got that juice but like you know <laughs> like <laughs> so to me it it makes sense you know but like you know like <laughs> What like how did that come about with your nickname Juice? Oh man! <laughs> uh, so in high school, I had this, I had a high top fade cut with the part. Okay, and, okay. And uh, one of my favorite movies was Juice. Okay. And so, I love it. I love you know, it. with Tupac and Omar yep, L. Classic. And yep. so I had one of their cuts. And so, you know, my one of my boys was like, hey, you got that juice cut? And then they was like, we just gonna start calling you juice. And then it just went it just went from there. They started calling me juice and I was like, alright, cool. They they so they started calling me juice. Right. My coaches started calling me juice. Oh my man. Started calling me juice. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just kept it just kept following me. So I was like, alright, cool. I'm oh gonna take it. man, this is that's how you know it's official. When the teachers and the coaches start calling you juice, like they can't call you juice. They can't call you. <laughs> Let's go, juice. You got this juice. Oh, it's wraps. Man, it's wraps. <laughs> I think he said it in practice and like all my teammates was like like they just looked at me when he said it because he said it like in a serious moment oh wow <laughs> and our teammates looked at me they was like yo he just called you juice I was like I guess so oh man that is incredible that is incredible oh, now yeah. <laughs> I mean man like the the player that you've transitioned into you know if we just had to reflect on you know James wearing a Tulsa jersey versus the James that is playing in Greece now. You know, what like how have you developed and what are some of the similarities but also some of the differences also? Oh man, like the James now versus the Tulsa like the James now will kill the Tulsa one. 
Like, oh man, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel because I just man, like I just know I I just know myself now. Like I know myself. I know what pace I can play at. I know I know my spots and situations. Right. And you know, it's just the IQ and the experience that I've gained. It just makes you more confident in yourself and knowing what you can do. You know and your strong points mm-hmm. and I and, and again like my my IQ is, is greater than I just I would just know man like I really I really like the player I'm coming I really like nice like where I'm at right now but I'm I'm gonna keep working though and this is it because it's always something you can get better at and but yeah like I, pace was a real pace was a real problem for me I would say growing as a player because I was an energetic when I'm on the court like I got like I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to win that's my that's right. the motivation is to win so right. you know I'm going really hard and sometimes that's not the that's not the case you can't do that and so once I understood that I the game got even more slower for me, and, mm. and you can just see things, see situations, and knowing how to, you know, break down uh, defenses, uh, defenses, and also on the defensive end, knowing how to play against the offense and right. dictating where you want them to go. And that was a big thing for me playing overseas as well, is getting used to physicality and knowing how to use my physicality, like. Knowing when to bump, knowing when to to check my man, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, I, I learned a lot, and I, I'm I like paying attention to small details, and that was my thing, and that's why, right. you know, I'm continuing to improve on myself. Indeed, because I I love looking at details, and and it's and it also works. It works. So if it so works true. against me, then I'm gonna take it. And I'm gonna try to use it. So yeah, true. So, so, see, yeah. and listeners, that is a pro saying that you know, because it's you know the the small details definitely make a big difference, you know. And it's just kind of I think more and more young players are starting to realize that now, but some aren't fully sold on it. Maybe because they're tall or they're athletic or you know they've been constantly scoring threes. But at the next level, like um like you were saying, just in terms of the scout report, is that much more deeper and things that you was able to get away with in a previous game you might not be able to get away with in today's game because they know what to expect you know so it's just kind of being exactly. smart with it you know so man that exactly is, i love it yeah i'm gonna get i'm gonna give like an example like mm-hmm. when i first came over here and like people would play defense on me and i'm coming off a you know like a pin down like off ball screen and right. they're they really enabled as soon as they see the, my big man come in the screen for me they get hedge right up hard. into me yeah i mean they they they, they, they come and they come and damn near hug you they're literally like hands <laughs> on right. you they right. grab your jersey or your shorts mm-hmm. or they'll you know kind of grab your arm but they do it where the rest can't really see it right and so right. once i figured like i'm like dang the rest never really caught it and so once they did it to me, then I would go and I started learning how to do it to, to people to people on offense when I'm guarding right. them off screens and stuff like that, you know, knowing how to slow them down and mm-hmm. 
when they when they trying to drive on me, you know, I would come into their inside shoulder, give a little bump, but show my hands at the same time. Right. Then my inside hand, it would kind of grab them just a little slow. I love down, these details. The I love it. <laughs> right. Yeah, like you know, I started picking up on all that, man, because I was like, I can't. I mean, I ain't just gonna let you do do that to me, and I don't. Nice. I'm gonna just quit. You know, I right. just gotta learn how to fight through it. So. Right. See, and oh man, I mean, you just raised a great point. There's a game within the game you know in terms of yes you have your game plans but then there's just little small details like you was just saying in, in terms of how to manipulate the, the defense how to get away with with certain things how to disguise certain moves so that the refs don't see it but just you know just it, it's it's like playing chess you know and especially i mean yeah you yeah. can speak to this um a lot more highly you know when you're playing at the pro level like you were saying you pick up on a lot of things that might seem small but it makes a big difference you know so spot on very very small. yeah 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 it is just it's chess man that's all it is just doing what you can trying to win right gain each possession mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now i mean we have to um switch gears just for a second and and just give a huge shout out to your little brother you know just in terms of his jersey and his and his accomplishments in 2017 being you know recognized you know i mean how did that feel for you and just your family on that day my brother being recognized right and his um jersey also yeah, yeah. I mean, it's huge, man. Cause mm-hmm. man, he did he he did his thing, man. Like he deserved right. he deserved everything, man. Cause he's a big time player, and mm-hmm. for him to come in, um, and do what he did at OU, man, it's just like it's amazing. Cause right. like we worked. I mean, I tell you, once we like fell in love with the game, like we would go outside and we would play against each other. We, you know, we would be playing one on one where we damn near fighting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and then we played together all the time. I always knew what he was capable of, and um, Mm. he always knew what I was capable of, and man, he deserved everything, man, and, and more. Cause uh, you know, for and then for him to start from a freshman all the way to the senior year, mm-hmm. and the accomplishments that he or that they had, and him leading the road, so his big big shout out to him. Indeed, indeed. That's my, that's my boy for life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and and I I mean again, I I I have to give a huge congrats to you and your wife you know we got a baby juice you know um and um you know just in 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 terms of you know just looking at your life in terms of you being a player husband mentor and now father i mean i i i i can't even imagine how that feels so i mean you know kind of entering this chapter in your life you know just just how does it feel Ah oh, man, it's just a blessing, man. I'm blessed. Oh, man. I'm blessed. You know, I, I love my family. I love my wife, and you know, just got uh, carrying baby number two. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know, it's it's just a blessing to have her and to have a little one right. to raise. And you know, hopefully, you know, teach her to teach her the game. This but is it. most importantly, just teach her, you know, the ways in life, how to live life, and just have fun, mm-hmm. and teach her how to love. You know, because that's 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 the main thing. Is just just love is teaching love, man. Right, right. That is it. That is it. And and one thing I know is that I absolutely love is and i and i think it's a tribute to oklahoma just in in terms of the love that you guys get you know and you coming back to the city you know that shows you so much love um and even you to um hooping in the skinsley you know just before we speak about that you know like do you know how the skins league started because i mean there's some heavy hitters including yourself that come down there and um hoop yeah man shout out to my city shout out to okc yes, and then shout out to skins mm-hmm. but i believe the big i believe he started it this is his league chris skinner right. um he started this league as a as kind of like a fundraiser for my guy Tombo, uh, who was diagnosed with ALS, and okay. so he put on this league to, you know, kind of help him with that situation because everybody knows Tombo, everybody still loves him, so mm-hmm. you know everybody wanted to participate in the Skins League, and then a couple years going through it, and it's just been blowing up. Uh, Skins has, you know, Skins has been. You know, promoting it and putting on, and then like I said, we have a lot of hoopers in Oklahoma. Yeah. And so, you know, when other other pros would come and show love, and they want to play in it, and then, you know, like like this past summer, we had Trey Young mm-hmm. come through. We had yep. Buddy. We had Buddy Hill and uh, Deontay Burton. Yeah. Uh, you know. Daquan Jeffries, nice. You know, so it's 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 great, man. I mean, he's doing a great job with it, and the to to it becoming now global almost. So that's incredible. (laughs) It's it's a a huge deal, man. And uh, hopefully, we can just keep it going, and you know, just at the same time, everybody having fun. It's it's a way, you know, where. You like big time players and come and compete like a little exactly. pro am so exactly you know oh man i love that and i love that i mean even moving next to you know you speaking at the michael young foundation you know and just offering guidance to the next generation coming up you know why was that important to you but also how does it feel to be in a spot where you're able to show love back to your city Man, because, you know, I, I love my city, man. I just love, you know, I was born and raised there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, and Oklahoma kind of, it's kind of small. Like, Oklahoma, the city is, is pretty small. Like, everybody know everybody. Or right. everybody knows somebody that knows somebody. Knows somebody, right. So, <laughs> they, you know, and so, um, with stuff like that, and shout out to 
to the Mike Young Foundation. Um, and and God rest his soul. Uh, he was doing great things with kids, and he was like a, he was a, he was a mentor too as well. And um, he was around the guys that I would be around. Right. And, um, you know, it was just some it was unfortunate and tragic uh, what happened to him. But you know, they they they're trying to do right by his name by creating this foundation to you know help the youth continue to help the youth and keep them on the right track do things like that and so I'm always going to back people that are trying to do that because that's what I want to do right. I want to just I want to help out you know any way I can mm-hmm. and um, just like with the Skins League you know what it represents you know with Thomas Johnson being di- diagnosed with uh, ALS helping him out and then right. whoever else that needed help you know so, uh, yeah, man, everybody try to look out for each other, you know, especially the circle that I'm in with the people I'm around. Right. And, and that's all we can do. And shout out to uh, to Ice, my my, my my one of my trainers, Ice, Evan Alexander. Yes, he sir. does a great job with kids, training kids uh, with World One skills, uh, hoop addicts, doing a great job with the media. They trying to have a media outlet with hoop addicts uh, in Oklahoma, show, showcasing young talent. Uh, you know, they like the next ball is life people. You know, yes, saying? Sir. they they doing, yes, sir. They I doing love some it. great great media work. You know, so yeah, it's it's a lot going on in the city. Indeed, I like, I I feel like even though they're a small city, they have a big heart. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, I love that. I love that, and. Um, again just just kind of reflecting on your journey I think I'm starting to see a lot more of it now in in terms of you know these accomplished players in the states making that transition to play pro overseas you know like would you say more athletes should embrace the other possibilities of becoming a pro like like what's your thoughts on that uh you're saying as in other possibilities like like uh kind of like becoming a because I know that a lot of players I think because here in London it's kind of uh when we think about going pro even though that the NBA is one of our goals we also know about playing in FIBA or playing yeah yeah overseas okay in Europe. yeah so yeah for yourself yeah man would you say that's yeah, something man. that athletes should embrace more yeah man because you know it's there's other opportunities there you know it's right. a, you know only a small percentage is gonna make to the, the NBA and mm-hmm. you know then why not try something else and try to, you know, be the best at a, at a in a different situation, different professional league? Cause right. like that was one thing about me. I didn't have no clue at first about overseas, <laughs> right. but when I got over here, I mean, you seeing people that were in the league and they over here playing, and you get to play against them, and so 
you know, they, you should all, I think, yeah, you should always embrace those situations, those opportunities, because, I mean, even financially, like, it's, it's still, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's better than nothing. <laughs> you right, know? right, very yeah, true. It's better than nothing, and that's, you know, that's how I was thinking. I was like, I mean, anything is, is great right now, right. and, uh, and I'm, I'm glad I made this decision to come overseas because it's, it's great leagues over here. It's great basketball to be played. And then then the fans, oh, man. Like, oh, different, oh, different man. monster. Different. Oh, I mean, if for, for the listeners who have not seen a game being played overseas, you need to check it out because the, the energy, like I had the privilege, um, this was, I believe... Um, I want to say 2012-ish. Um, this was, I think, the first time the Euro League came to London at the O2 Greenwich Arena, and it was Real Madrid and Olympiacos, I believe. And oh man, James, bruh, the crowd! <laughs> I thought I was at a football game, <laughs> like, cause See, yeah. the the energy is so crazy, and I was like, oh, we got some diet. I'm seeing Olympiacos fans come out of nowhere that I never would have known that there were Olympiacos fans in London. Like, the energy yeah. was crazy, absolutely crazy, man. And and I'm sure you, you being in that, like, did it kind of take you a minute to adjust to, or did you kind of feed into it and you just loved it and it kind of just, you know, gave you that hype and that overall edge? Yeah, I just... I. Man, but like, I think it's more nerve wracking before the game. It's just mm. you hear the chant, yeah, the energy, <laughs> like the building, the, the arena is damn near shaking. Yeah, big time. <laughs> I mean, but but once you start to play, it's like the greatest atmosphere, man. It's like college times ten. Yeah, like, incredible. It's, yeah, these like fans here are incredible. Like. It, I'm sorry, man. Like they, they're better than the NBA for sure. Oh, talk about it. I can, I can for vouch sure. for that for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I you know, like people and I, people in America just don't understand. Like these people live and die by these teams, man. Facts. It's crazy. Facts. It's it's so true, man. The the energy is completely different. I mean, I mean, you being in so many different scenarios, being down by ten, up by one having the momentum to all of a sudden losing the momentum you know being fouled out the game um playing with injuries you know out of you know your career so far um you know what what moments what highlights stand out to you the most and why uh playing through injuries and and just the ups and downs Mm -hmm. just in general uh, I mean, man, like this. My motivation was just, just winning, just mm-hmm. trying to win a championship. That was, that was every season I go into, every game that I play is, is winning, man. It's doing what it takes to win. Uh, and to, and to do that, and you know, you, if that's your head goal. Then you're gonna do things like take care of your body and, and take care of your body, getting the extra work in, and 
and watching film and studying and trying to do everything you can to improve and help the team win. And so that's my goal every time I step on the floor. I don't care how many points I score. I don't care, you know, what happens as long as, you know, the team win. Because my thing is, you know, when you win, then everybody looks good. Right. You know, everybody's going to go somewhere or or go up in the ranks or whatever. So, uh, and I and my one of my life goals is try to win a championship at every level that I play on. So, yes, sir. And that's 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 what I'm trying to do. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Right, we're gonna enter the third quarter of this podcast, which I like to call the quick hitter segment. So I'm just gonna ask you some rapid fire questions and just see where you're at with it alright cool so um, first one is what would you say James is a skill that is taught by many but only mastered by a few man I'll say shooting Mm. talk about (laughs) it okay I mean yeah you got it's only one step curve. So That's got, true. <laughs> That's true. One step curve, but I mean everybody can shoot, but everybody can shoot like step. So okay, I love it. Very true. Next one, best piece of advice you ever received. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, I received a lot. James just going through the roll of that, man. James, well, there was one where Coach told me Juice they can't guard you for nothing, so he's taking to the <laughs> dunk on his ass, step back three, hitting with it a six. Man. <laughs> oh, man, I would say take what the defense gives you. That's what my dad always said to me. Mm. So. Bet. Yeah. Bet. Next one. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned blank about myself. I. I don't know. I wouldn't have. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't think. Hmm. I wouldn't have thought. Man, I don't know. I'm pretty <laughs> laid back. I wouldn't have known how competitive I was, honestly. Mm, okay. Every that because yeah, it really, it really, basketball really kind of made me little. When I was younger, it made me a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I, I refused to lose. I was really like that. Okay. Uh, I would say that. Okay, and the final one before we enter the fourth quarter is what would the title of your autobiography be? I've got oh. one in mind, but I'm gonna say mine <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I know you, yours probably got something to do with you. So yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it would be like that. I would, I would say mine be like that too. It'd be like a, a glass of juice. Or something there we like go. That. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh man, man. Okay, the final fourth quarter. What I do is I give my guests ten seconds, and they need to name five things. So I might say as a example james i'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five nba teams and then when you hear the countdown we should be starting now that's when you could just start listing them off no bet okay first one let's start nice and easy okay james I'm gonna give you ten seconds to name five NBA players. All right. Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan. Easy, easy. With three seconds left, bet. Okay, next one. Ten seconds to name five NBA teams. The Philadelphia 76ers, San Antonio Spurs, Oklahoma City Thunder, Los Angeles Lakers, and Orlando Magic. Oh, clutch, clutch, clutch. You know what's mad? Low-key, I was going to be like, it would be crazy if James does not put OKC in one of those five. It it don't need to be number one, but OKC needs to be up in there somewhere. I thought about that. I was like, I got to say it. <laughs> okay next one this is where guests in the past have found this one quite difficult so this one is going to really test your knowledge of the nba okay so next one james i'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five nba coaches oh all right all right greg popovich eric yep. bolstra yep. david fisdale uh, Two more. Byron Scott. Yeah, one and... more. God. <laughs> <laughs> that was clean, though. You were saying them names. Okay. I see you. I see you. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, okay. Bet. Last three. James, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five international players in the NBA. Oh, man. Luka Doncic, Christoph yep. Porzingis. Yep. Uh, Buddy Hills International. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Rudy Gobert. Very oh, true. Man. Rudy Gobert, <laughs> Joe Ingles, Harry I could have just named the whole Utah Jazz. <laughs> okay, last two, last two. Okay, I'm gonna give you ten seconds, James, to give me your personal top five favorite players of all time. Okay, this is easy. Ten, nine, Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, six, LeBron five, James, four, three, Shaquille O'Neal, Ray Allen. Yes, sir. Clutch clutch and the final one to round it off 
James, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five artists that get you hyped before a game. Five artists, okay. Oh, Big Crit, Larry June, Ooh. Currency, hey. uh, Future, oh, my and gosh. Uh, Man. <laughs> I'm really like, you know, I, 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 yeah. Bet. Bet. That is all cool. That Some is little baby, cool. maybe. Yes, sir. Okay. I'll, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. That is the fourth quarter done. I mean, once again, listeners, this is truly a treat to have James Juice worded on the podcast but all the info is going to be in the description but james for those who want to follow you and just you know continue seeing your journey where can they find you and you can find me on instagram and twitter at juice underscore woodard on both platforms so yeah that's where you can find me that, that is all cool right listeners this is myself and Juice James Woodard signing out.